Before we start our episode, we want to welcome Middle Sister Wines as our happy hour sponsor. Did you know that birth order is commonly believed to have a profound and lasting effect on psychological development? And that the middle sister has a greater chance of having a wine named just for her? Well, welcome to the world of middle sister. Sassy wines for middle sisters and everybody who loves them, which includes the three tomatoes. We've been fans for years of their delicious whites like Drama Queen Pinot Grigio, but we confess we're slightly partial to Rebel Red and her sassy remarks like, If anyone tells you they don't like red wine, stop talking to them. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. They're more than just a wine. They're a family of sisters you're going to love. Learn more at middlesisterwines.com. And now we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour. I'm Cheryl Benton, your host today, and I think nearly all of us have some kind of phobia, whether it's a fear of spiders and snakes, count me in on that, flying, elevators, bridges, heights, tunnels, clowns, or even balloons. Well, here to help us today is Calliope Barlas, (laughs) America's number one phobia relief expert. Calliope is a New York City-based licensed master trainer of neuro-linguistic programming. She's been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, among other media outlets, and she's helped thousands of people conquer their phobias. She uses the same techniques that led her to become a professional golfer. She's the author of Phobia Relief from Fear to Freedom and Play Golf Better Faster. She conducts phobia relief workshops and has just released a docu-series on the topic. So welcome, Calliope. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, well, we're delighted. We can't wait to to get into this topic. But first, you have a really fascinating background. You went from being a weekend golfer to becoming a pro golfer in two years. So tell us, how did you make that happen? And how did you go from pro golfer to becoming a phobia expert? Right. So, you know, I didn't grow up with the game of golf. Uh, Sometime in my 20s, I decided it was I had to do it. I had to become pro. It was just one of those callings. And so I moved out west where I met a man named Chuck Hogan, who guided me through neuro-linguistic programming skills. And while he was doing that, he didn't teach me anything about the mechanics of the swing, but he taught me how to practice and how to aim my brain so that I thought more successfully. And by thinking more successfully, I performed better. And so um, after I became pro, I just realized it wasn't my calling, Uh, all the traveling, time being alone. It just wasn't the lifestyle for me. So at some point, I realized that I could use the skills that he was using to increase the well-being of other people just by changing how they think about what they fear. That. That is pretty amazing. I mean, I know for a lot of us who are amateur hack golfers, <laughs> we definitely <laughs> want to learn more about, about how we can improve our game with this technique. But um, definitely today we're going to be talking about uh, specifically about phobias. And so what led you to specifically want to deal with the phobia piece of helping people? Uh, Well, uh, you know, it just seemed like so many people, at least uh, here in New York City, had fears 
whether it was something big or small, uh, it didn't matter what the element of fear was. Uh, and quite honestly, I overcame my own fear of public speaking. Um, and when I say public speaking, I mean everywhere in public, not just getting on stage in front of a group. I was literally sh so shy, I couldn't do it. Uh, but when I was taught to, instead of imagining people judging me, instead thinking that, you know, I have something of value to share and that people would be interested in listening to what I'm saying, it changed all the pictures inside my mind to feel comfortable enough to get to the point I am now, you know, virtually training, you know, hundreds of people uh, to do what I do. Well, that's incredible. And certainly um, public speaking, I think, is certainly among many people's number number one fears and phobias. Um, so I know you said that we're actually only born with two fears, and that's falling and loud noises and the rest we learn. But is there an actual difference between a fear and a phobia? Sure. You know, there's a big difference because phobias really prevent people from living the life that they want. It prevents them from traveling to places, to doing things with their family, uh, to performing at work. Because, you know, I've met a lot of people who when they do have to give a talk in front of a lot of people, they'll actually quit their job and go on to do something else. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, that's serious. That, yeah, that is pretty serious. Um uh, but then again, a fear is something we need to have in dangerous situations to maintain our safety. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you're walking down an alley and you see a shady character walking towards you, you need to turn around and go into a different direction. So there are fears that keep, keep us safe. Uh, and, and then there are phobias that really deter us from, from doing the things that we want to do. Well, that makes sense. And, and, you know, I know, for example, I have the snake phobia. I think a lot of people have that. I have a little bit of tunnel phobia, too. And as I've gotten older, I've become a terrible passenger in the car. So what are some of the most common phobias that people have? I know we already talked about the public speaking thing. Yeah, uh, especially public speaking. And I found, uh, at least here in New York City, where my practice is, is that most of the fears that walk into my door are the ones fear of transportation, mm -hmm. whether it's driving uh, across a bridge or getting on a subway or a bus. Uh, and uh, fear of unknown is probably the biggest of all. That's the underlying, I believe so far in what I've experienced, the underlying cause of every fear is the unknown. Wow, that is really interesting. And, and I know that you say there's actually a phobia for everything. What are some of the most maybe bizarre ones that you've encountered? I know I watched a, uh, a TED talk you did and you had a woman from the audience come up and she actually was afraid of balloons, <laughs> which I had never <laughs> heard of that. <laughs> so That's whatever, right. Yeah, that was so funny. But I guess not to her, it wasn't funny. It was a real thing. Uh, so what are what are some of the most bizarre phobias? Yeah, you know, the most bizarre, I think, is the fear of good news. And wow. <laughs> believe it or not, you know, so I always say to someone, you know, I was sort of, I always do my best to bring light to any fear when someone has it, you know, so someone who has a fear of good news. So what is it? If you won the lottery, you turn it down, you know, this sort <laughs> of thing. <laughs> um uh, and uh, caterpillars, you know, because I mean, how many caterpillars can really 
cause that much harm, you know, not so much. Um, and then, especially these days, the fear of being without your mobile phone. And, you know, I believe that that's probably the strangest one and common, but I find it strange that, you know, people can't live without it. Well, that's very interesting. And I, and I, I could totally understand that because I know I've, I know I've left the house and forgotten my phone a couple of times and, and you kind of go into this panic, like, oh my God, what am I going to do without my phone? And then you sort of, you know, for me, I kind of stop and calm down a little bit. And then you think, well, what did we do all those years when these didn't even exist? So That's right. I, I could totally get this. So, so listen, I know there's a process that you use to help people overcome their fears, and it's based on neuro-linguistic programming. So can you explain what neuro-linguistic programming actually is and what are the steps in the process that you actually use to help people? Well, it's, it's a super simple process, but to start with what NLP is, it's having an attitude uh, to look at life as an unprecedented and rare opportunity to learn. And then all behavior has some kind of structure that can either be modeled, learned, taught, or and or changed when necessary, right? So it, it's really a technological art form that enables a practitioner to like organize information in a way to achieve the results that were once thought of as impossible so that the impossible becomes possible. So that when I have, let's say for instance, um, in the first episode of my upcoming television series from fear to freedom, I've got a young woman who's got a fear of snakes and, uh, it's a great big picture of inside of her mind. The snake doesn't even have to be there, right? It's just the idea. Yes. The snake is like the size of an elephant. Well, you know, quite honestly, I'd be terrified too if I saw a snake the size of an elephant, right? But it's only inside their mind and under the right conditions, when I shrink it down to the size of a cell phone screen or small coin, it literally changes their feeling. So that way they can respond accordingly. So if they're in the jungle and see a snake, they know to stay away from it. But if they're like at a party where, where a handler's there with, with a domesticated, um, you know, safe snake, it's okay to, you know, do as the handler says and pet it if they say to pet it, not run away. Wow. I have to say that would be a big one for me because I actually – do have a fear of snakes. And I still remember being in, um, I think it was junior high school and our teacher brought in a snake and he actually took it out of the cage and walked around and he wanted all of us to pet it. And I just totally, totally freaked out and it stuck with me forever. So, um, yeah, I still somehow can't picture myself ever being able to pet a snake, but I'll take your word for that. <laughs> well, and you know what? It, if 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 you were able to, it would prove that you could really do anything in your life, that you set your mind to it, right? Um, because thought has structure. And really, the bigger the pictures they are inside people's minds, the more of a visceral response they have to it. So the thing is, is that once I shrink down the fear of a snake or, or anything else that they fear, I, I build in better pictures of what they want their life to be like. And, and that's the beauty of it. 
So how how long does it actually take for someone to overcome a phobia? Is this a long process? I know you said it's pretty quick, but is this like one session or what what happens? Yeah, it's it's a one session and and it's always, you know, individual because some people are a little more stubborn than others. (laughs) So um, I've done it as quick as five minutes and as as much as 45 minutes. So depending on the person, it's always usually one session. That's pretty amazing. And then does the phobia, is it just as long as they're using the techniques you're giving them, is it's gone forever? Uh, so far, uh, wow. that's it's been the case. And, and uh, there's only been one time where it worked, but I realized that the person had, had some brain damage and they just weren't following instructions. Wow. Right? Um, so, but, but generally speaking, it, it, it works every time and except for that one time. (laughs) So let's take, I I have this fear. I mentioned it earlier on. It's just, it's actually gotten worse. The older I've gotten, in fact, it makes my husband crazy because I'm usually the passenger when he's driving, but I'm, I've gotten so much worse about being a passenger in a car and just being, you know, terrified of, you know, that there's going to be a crash. And in fact, last summer we were driving uh, to Vermont with some friends and I was in the back seat with my girlfriend and, and we were on a major highway and it was torrential rain and, you know, you could hardly see. I, I was in such a panic and my friend was, you know, trying to distract me from all kinds of stuff, which was, was, which was, you know, helping somewhat. So would you call that a fear or is that a phobia and what would you do? I'm not saying to do it now, but what what would you do to help someone like me overcome that kind of a big fear slash phobia, whatever it is? So it's pretty common that when people have a fear of being in a vehicle on roads, that they imagine a crash. That is that is really common. And I normally say to the people, you know, is that a good plan? You know, and. 10 times out of 10, they say, no, it's not a good plan to imagine, (laughs) you know, but if instead you imagine yourself um, getting to your destination safely and, you know, in your case, were you in the backseat of a car and someone else was in control of the wheel, uh, just encouraging them to drive safely and in the right lane where it's acceptable to drive slow, you know, they call it the granny lane for a reason. Uh, and the sandwich lane for another reason, and, you know, the turbo lane all the way to the left for a reason, because it's like assumed you go quicker, and but slower in certain lanes. So the idea is to imagine getting to a destination safely instead of otherwise, uh, you know, because it, anytime you think of the worst, uh, of course, you're going to feel a certain way. Um, but if instead you imagine the best, it's going to give you a totally different feeling. Well, that makes perfect sense. And I will definitely give that a lot of thought <laughs> next time I'm, I'm in the car. And I know that would make my husband very happy because sometimes I think he just wants to uh, put a paper bag over my head. <laughs> He's actually suggested that. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> well, I'll so, tell you what. 
next time I'm in your area, I'll give you a call and we can take care of it. <laughs> okay. So you without a paper bag. <laughs> yeah, excellent. That would be good. Yeah, I don't think the paper bag thing is a, a particularly great solution to this. So you touched on this a little bit, but what happens when people are finally free from their phobias? You know, does it change their lives in other ways? Uh, amazing things happen uh, because truly that they learn a lesson where they prove to themselves that they can do something they never thought possible. So by having one incident that, that, you know, one, one way of being that was so dramatically terrifying for them and then changing it into a place of comfort where they can respond to the world around them uh, respectfully, um, it literally can make them uh, do better at work, be better spouses, be more loving parent, you know, because they, they realize what really matters. Right. And I found that for most people, the happiest people are those with a sense of purpose who have something that they're sent it's creating direction for in their lives to either achieve or, or just make sure, you know, and purposes range from, from importance, depending on the individual. You know, if someone has their purpose to just smile at people while walking down the street and just bring a little hope in their eyes, that's good enough for some people. While others, you know, they want to make a grand change in this world, either become leaders in some way. So, you know, it's incredible for most people who come to me, it's usually the differences that they want. What motivates them is to be closer with their family, to be more intimate with their children and their spouse. And really, once they get over the fear and they do develop having better times with their family, I know I've done my job. Wow, that's a that's such a great message. And it and it makes total sense the way you've explained it. Um does everyone have phobias or are there some people who are actually go through life without any? Well, I've, I've met people who have, who say they have no fears. Um, and, uh, I believe them and, <laughs> um, almost majority of people have at least one fear, whether it's of an insect or, but most of the time they say it's not a phobia. It's not really preventing them from living their life the way that they want to. So that's when a phobia really becomes um, more than just a little fear, when it's actually stopping you from being able to live your life the way you want to. That's right. Uh, you know, I had a, a young man in here just a few weeks ago. He had a fear of having a child because he was sick as a child and he didn't want that for his own. Um, and so, you know, I said, but you've been healthy for the past 20 years, <laughs> you know, versus right. two years of your childhood. Big deal. You know, you're over it. And the beauty about the past is that it's over. There's no hope in the past. There's only hope in the future. That's a great, great, great story. So tell us a little bit about your workshops uh, and also your new docu-series, which sounds really exciting and gives people, I think, actually a chance to see um, how this all works and how you're helping people. That's right. I mean, it, it's been a thrill. It truly has been. I thought doing my trainings was thrilling uh, to see how on the first day, uh, people look one way and by the seventh day, they look totally much more relaxed and, and different and happier people. And 
that's really what I what what it's all about, you know, is creating happier people. I've never met a person who said I want to be sad for the rest of my life. Uh, and the trick is, is that they just don't know how. Right. And so when I teach them skills, the structure of their thought, how it is that, you know, when you when you decorate your home, you don't put up ugly pictures, right? You put up beautiful pictures. And so I teach them how to make their brain a friendly place with beautiful ideas to aim direction for their lives. And uh, my TV series, From Fear to Freedom, is is really all about that picking taking one individual and guiding them through overcoming their fear and then having them uh give a testimonial about how it's actually changed their lives so uh not only has it inspired the person whose fear is gone um but it's inspiring other people as well and almost every person who i've showed it to so far is like wow this is just going to be powerful you know it, that's that's so, that's so great, Calliope. And where will we be able to um, see the Jackie series? Well, uh, I'm in the midst of selling it, <laughs> so if okay, anybody great. out there of a network is listening, would love to talk to you, uh, meet with you with my team, and uh, uh, hopefully very soon it will be aired. Well, I think that'll be great because I know it will help a lot of people. And in terms of your workshops, they're typically in New York and. How long are they? How would uh, people sign up for a workshop? Uh, yep, it's uh, www.nlp.nyc. There's no .com there. Uh, that's nlp.nyc. And I'm offering that if they want me to guide them to overcome their phobia, their irrational fears, uh, they can go to www.fromfeartofreedomtv.com where they can sign up and be part of the show. That's fantastic. That is so great. Well, this has been this has been just amazing to me. And I just love everything you've said actually makes so much sense in terms of how you would overcome a phobia. And I know just uh, just talking to you, I'm starting to feel better <laughs> already. I'm going to start to try to think many more positive thoughts when I'm in the car from now on, for example. I don't know about petting a snake, though, I have to I have to say. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure that people who are going to listen to this podcast are going to feel that way, too. So thank you for giving everyone uh, some hope for overcoming those phobias. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, to you as well. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much. Good luck with everything. And to you as well.